0: Welcome, everyone. We are back. It is time. It's another podcast. It is brought to you by Club GG where you can create poker clubs for free and win hundreds of thousands of dollars in prizes monthly. With that being said, I got to introduce him. Jeff Boski in the house. How are you, Jeff?
1: Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I know you've had countless legends on the podcast. Yeah. i've I finally made it.
0: <laughs> right. we we've talked about it. We've played. we've battled live. We've known each other for a long time. Very, very similar. In our poker journey, I think around time, time-wise starting, maybe give those a little bit of a background when you got into poker, who you are, what you do. We're going to look at all your socials and YouTubes and all the good stuff, but give me a bit of an overview of yourself and how you got into poker.
1: Uh, yeah, I quit my job, dropped out of college in like 2003, right around the time uh, Moneymaker won the main event and was just inspired by that and just pursued the journey of cash games, tournaments, online, live. I eventually moved to vegas in 2008 i've been here for 15 years haven't gone broke yet haven't scammed anybody so i consider myself in the one percent
0: <laughs> you say that it's i mean listen poker is the greatest thing in the world right the the people the stories that you hear the good the bad the ugly with that being said as you just sort of framed it is it fair to say that um you've seen a lot in this in this industry stuff that you almost don't get surprised at this point by by what people do and and Maybe t- tell me about that a little bit. Why do you think that is?
1: Yeah, not to be too negative, but uh, yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot of bad actors in any in the industry, but it, it does work out well if you, you know, are ethical and make good connections and good friends, good friendships, and just have trust with a lot of other well-known pros, you kind of get accepted into those circles where, not that I borrow money a lot or anything like that, but if you needed to, you could, but in general, just don't, don't lend money to anybody because... The best thing that can happen is you get paid back, you know, in general, um, other than them reciprocating that in the future. But, yeah, that's it's a great, great profession for those that can handle the swings and the highs and lows. And uh, you got to just really love the game and you have to be able to handle just devastation repeatedly day in and day out and uh, chase chase the glory, you know.
0: Yeah. And speaking of that, you got in when you originally got in. Is that something was it was it something you thought would just be a hobby? It was kind of fun or when did you know you would be playing professionally and and for a long time?
1: Yeah, it started as a hobby. I was uh, coming out of high school into college, just playing home games with my friends, just like everybody. And I just did better than most of my friends and just studied hard and just really fell in love with the game and was always excited to play. I don't have the same exact passion as I do now, as I I did then. Um, It kind of. You know, you kind of get withered and old now that we're like 20 years into the game. But we we still got that love and we just approach it in a different way. And uh, yeah, glad to have made it this far and uh, been lucky enough to be in some spots to uh, continue the journey and uh, be my own boss effectively.
0: And and what would you say you enjoy the most so far looking through your career in poker? You've done YouTube. We'll take a look at that. You stream on Twitch. You've done that for different periods of time more extensively than others. Um what is, What is it that you love the most? Live cash, live tournaments, content. What what's you is your favorite part about being a professional and what you do?
1: Um, I mean, um, I'm 99% tournament player, but uh, there's something special about, you know, winning a big cash game pot or just going deep in a live tournament. But just the, the time and effort that goes into live tournaments compared to the the chance of winning or final tabling, so slim, I just find it a lot more efficient to play, you know. 10, 12 tables online and grind eight hours on a Sunday. Uh, Bigger fields, but a lot more likely chance of going deep and actually final tabling something or winning something. And to be able to do it on Twitch and really capture that moment compared to making a a poker vlog where you have to recreate everything. It's just a lot more efficient to win a tournament on Twitch and have the viewers there with you. Just really a euphoric moment that's uh, hard to capture, but when you do, it's, it's pretty priceless.
0: Yeah, the, the YouTube grind, is it's, it's not for everyone. And, and you see some, some of the guys over the years that have had success. It's hard to stick with it. Have you found you are more active now on YouTube? Or, or do you feel that it's like, is that something that, as you're alluding to with Twitch or some other stuff, it, it's a lot of work, right? To do it, to, 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 to film it, then to go. It's not just like you film it and it gets put up. There's editing, there's your own personal touch. Do you have a team? Do you have editors? Do you have people working for you? Or do you do most of your stuff?
1: No, almost uh, almost 100% of my stuff I edit myself in the most uh, getaway possible on my iPhone. I've never uh, I've never learned how to use a proper like editing, you know, Final Cut Pro or anything, which is my own ignorance. I just just never done it. It would make things easier, but I'm just setting my ways doing it on my iMovie iPhone app. Yeah. Just keeping it raw and real and uh, just kind of saying, hey, if I can do it, you can do it. I'm filming with my iPhone. No expensive camera, no expensive editing software, and I'm just documenting the journey. But like you said, it's just so many hours of actually filming in the casino and then editing um, and f- put it on YouTube. And the, the biggest problem I had was I would put every single live tournament I did on YouTube for like the first five years. So as you know, that's going to be just a lot of losing which is not only depressing to have to edit that and relive all those horrible moments, but then the viewers are like, this guy, all he does is lose. <laughs> but that's the reality. That's how tournaments go. I mean, I could just do the ones where I min cash or final table, which I think I am actually going to do going forward because just the time and effort and, you know, people like a happy ending, you know, they like to see the good guy win.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Um, it's an extra element, I would say of pressure. Do you ever find yourself on Twitch where you feel like you, you're like, you, you feel, you know, more people are coming on, right? The viewership grows, you see the number, more engagement, it's kind of fun. And you get deep in a tournament and you know, you know, there's, let's say, randomizer, right? There's a spot where it's like, you could shove, you could do this, or maybe the better play. do You ever find yourself sort of like trying to, trying to survive or, or not taking certain spots because of knowing the equity within the, to go deeper versus maybe going for the win, like in the moment?
1: Yeah, I see what you're saying there, but I think in general, it's better strategy. Strategy just always go for it and not fear the uh, the the backlash of oh, you should have just folded, bro. You know, it, don't five bet jam ace king. You know, of course they have aces. Uh, it's just more exciting to go for it, and I I have been doing that more more and more compared to making the tight fold. Right um, for the the Twitch stream equity and just the the luck of just going deep you got to take big risks to get to win big prizes yeah that's worked out pretty well and and what's
0: been your best your most exciting twitch stream would you say like a, was it a win or big buy-in you know long stream what, what's sort of like a memorable twitch moment for you
1: uh, yeah, obviously the longer you stream um, on that given day and the deeper you go into tournament and the bigger the buy-in, it's going to create a bigger viewing audience. It's also good to network. You get the big raids from, you know, the big channels like Razor Edge or Ape Styles or Buddies of Mine. So that's just, and it just compounds and you give raids to other people. So they reciprocate that. So it is one big, great community. The biggest stream I ever had, I mean, I've, I've had some... Some pretty decent wins. Uh, I recently made day two of the Venom, where I played a chip lead pot, uh, but it was set over set on the turn. And, I mean, I, I thought I had the best hand with second set. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty devastated uh, that he turned turned it in a three-bet pot with just 200 blind pot. Uh, but, you know, it all, you always remember the beats yep. uh, more <laughs> than the big suck-outs or big wins. But you, you got to you gotta cherish the moments and just be, be grateful we're in this situation.
0: Yeah, and tell me about your your sort of rise within the the poker world cuz you've been sponsored now. I know you're with America's Cardroom currently. Can you tell me about what it, what it is to be sponsored and and when did that happen? How did that come about?
1: Yeah, I've been with uh, I was the original ACR team pro over uh, 5 years ago. Uh, they contacted me to give away a Venom ticket and they said they'd give me a 500 and 30, or not a Venom ticket, a million dollar Sunday ticket, 5:30 or 5:40. And they said, I'll give me a ticket um, if I just give out a ticket. I was like, oh, done deal, you know, free, free 540. And I remember there was a moment where that could have just been the end of the conversation, but I didn't really play on America's Card Room at the time. And I said, who, who are your team pros? Tell me more about your site. And they said, we don't have any team pros. I've never been a team pro. um, But I was like, well, shit, I, I've had this YouTube channel for about a year. Check it out. If you like it, I can promote ACR on there. And one thing led to another and. Uh, here we are. It's been uh, been a great journey. Very cool. Very cool team. I was just in Costa Rica yesterday. I just came back from a trip, which I posted on my Instagram at Jeff Poker. It's like a four minute video showing the last day. Uh, me and the whole team went on a boat trip and a uh, catamaran to some private islands. Got some fine dining, um, fresh seafood, hung out on the beach, and just had a great time with the team. Went to the offices, met all the all the people that work behind the scenes at ACR and uh, did a photo shoot and it was just a great time. And, uh, yeah, even, though, even though I hate traveling, um, I'm learning to like it even more or I'm learning to hate it less uh, due to these opportunities ACR has given me, uh, especially going to Vietnam for the first time last month and for the Triton series, that was, that was awesome.
0: Yeah, I want to. That was one of my next questions. I know there was some packages, hundred K packages. Phil, Phil obviously a visionary, very generous, great guy. I've known Phil a long time, and he's definitely one of the ones that loves poker the most. Like he really does embody what it is to to be a poker fan, to to enjoy it. And I know that was a, a creative thing. And how was that, man? Because that you know it's not every day. Like looking here too at your hand and mob, right? Like you've played a lot, you played high stakes stuff too. You you've grinded a ton, but to go and play like a hundred thousand dollars internationally fly. It was like business. You go there and you, and you get to play some, some. what was it, 25? What was the biggest buy-in you played there?
1: Or fit- uh, I played a, 30, uh, a 20, a 30, and a 50. Those wow. the, that was the 100K right there in three tournaments. Um, and then I thought I was done for the trip. And then one day after doing yoga at the uh, resort we were at with all the other high-stakes pros, I went to take a shower and I came out of the shower and there was a group chat message with Phil saying, hey, all team pros, are. it was me, Ape Styles, and Monica who won the packages. He said, I'm going to put all you guys in the 25k turbo uh, on a free roll, 25% free roll. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I had everything better to do today. I'm in and I ran, ran well and played good in that and ended up final tabling it for the biggest score of my career.
0: Wow! Well, and what was that? How much was uh, that for?
1: One hundred and twenty-one thousand dollars for seventh place.
0: Wow! And and what was first prize
1: in that? Uh, six or seven hundred. Wow. Six or seven. Uh, Nacho Barbero got second. I remember, and Anna Marquez was at the table too. She got ninth. So it was just a real, uh, real great way to end the trip. And uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be there and looking forward to the next. Uh, Triton in Cyprus, which is in uh, a couple, uh, three weeks or so, we got another competition going on.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I was there at the last one I saw. I remember there was uh, that was that they got the brand new hotel there. I've been there a handful of times, maybe four or five times. And it's it's gotten better and better. And there's brand, brand new, beautiful venue. And that's where that last coin rivet the invitational pro, right? The 200,000 pro with uh, amateur, a lot of good amateurs in there course but it's a it's a it's a fun event and a beautiful venue so so you will be going to that or you're saying you're hoping to because this is a competition you're in the middle of
1: hopefully yeah the competition started uh, about four weeks ago it was top 10 mtt scores in terms of multipliers in terms of buy-ins one live or on america's card room so if you play uh anything 11 dollars and up so if you get win, if you win 110 dollars an 11 dollar tournament that's a 10x multiplier wow so your top 10 multipliers in terms of buy-ins one so it doesn't matter the buy-in as long as it's 11 dollars, and i'm i'm been first by a wide margin in the mtt segment i got a goose egg in the heads up segment and the other two segments are social media growth and social media media creativity and posting so it's a wide variety of things we have to uh just Grind out for these five weeks and I've just been on the grind. Just going to Costa Rica this last week was my first vacation. I just, I just grind, um, online, um, and socials 12 to 15 hours a day because I don't want to get third. Only two pros are going to win the 100 K, uh, package this time. There's 12 of us and, uh, yeah, we're going to find out on May 1st who wins and, uh, hopefully, hopefully it's me and, uh, another uh, another pro that really gives it their all and earns it
0: very cool and what is your what has been the most rewarding thing in poker for you this uh, through your career? So you said about 20 years right you started roughly i mean it's been 20.
1: yeah almost 20 years uh sole income uh professional um about 15 in vegas uh most rewarding thing that's a good question um i mean the friendships are really cool um but just Like I said, I I quit my job and dropped out of college at the same time to pursue poker. So that was a big leap, just like the leap of packing up all my stuff and moving to Vegas with like 10 grand in my name. Um, But just being my own boss and being responsible for myself as an adult. And although there's a lot of variance in poker, um, putting in the work and being – being responsible for my own success in some ways even though yeah you know tournaments can't really control too much but i'm um, just studying and networking and uh, good mental uh mental space to not tilt or blow your role at strip clubs or on gambling or drugs or win, you know it, it's um, a litmus
0: test right they like really to be to make it through poker there, there really are really a lot of obstacles thrown at you in a lot of various ways at times you don't even know you might think oh it's like Starts with one hand of of uh, baccarat or you know one hand of this or oh look you know let's go here you can you can you can get pushed into some weird spots and, and sort of find some um, some addictive type of things for sure and that is I think it's it's a very big stereotype but it's actually very true I'm sure we all know people that have got sucked into some pretty nasty vices that 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 uh, that that it happens right it really is it is part of the part of the the attributes of a poker player or of a professional gambler. Is you got to really be able to to monitor. You know, I guess the word moderation, limit stuff. It's okay to make a sports bet here and there or whatever, but you just, you know, it's hard. It's easy to get sucked into uh, some bad traps, if that's fair to say. Have you found yourself ever in a spot where you kind of like, wow, maybe this I'm getting a little too much playing, a little too much roulette or drink, going out a little too much? I mean, you lived in Vegas for 15 years, you're you're susceptible to some of those those runs.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a lot of temptation, but just like uh, just like anything, it's all about the balance. You can't. You know, wake up and just eat, eat ice cream. You gotta, you gotta save that for dessert. You gotta put in that work before you get that reward. And I think if you have a nice balanced, um, routine, I think that's most important to take care of your body, your mind and your finances and just be a responsible adult. Um, and like that, I always think of that You ever seen the movie, the girl next door came out like 15 years ago.
0: I don't think I saw No, probably maybe I'm so bad. With movie name is who's in it. It sounds so familiar. I mean, I know that
1: Timothy, Timothy Oliphant. Um, I forget But it's about this hot girl next door that ends up being a prostitute or something. Okay. It's, it's like a funny, funny, I don't know, but he said, is you, you gotta ask yourself, is the juice, is the juice worth the squeeze? And I find myself asking myself that every day in so many situations. Like, uh, is uh, I gotta re I got screwed buying this product for twenty dollars. Is it worth it to go through the hassle to refund it? You know, the time, the effort. Is the juice worth the squeeze? You know? I, I
0: gotta I got I gotta clip that because my wife who bless her, she's Brazilian, the ma- amazing woman that we just had her second son. She's like literally the best, you know, best thing in the world. Exact thing, right? It's about it's really about the same opportunity cost too, right? It's like exactly right. You get this thing, you want to be on customer support, do you wanna go to the post office, or sometimes you just gotta eat it, give it away. Do whatever, like let it go, because that—that's a good point. Your time, it's—it's it's sort of the same. as opportunity cost. Certain things you just gotta—you gotta bite it, move on, and think about your yourself, your value, your time as a person, and, and what you want to do with it. Because it's—it's it's a lot of times I think people get stuck in these spots of doing things they don't want to do or they shouldn't do or they could find a different alternative to it. So problem solving, if you will. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's a lot of ways that people can optimize their life uh, monetarily just by paying people to do things that they don't want to do or paying professionals to do things more efficiently and better yeah. than they could do. Um, like, I used to always hate picking up dog poop in my backyard. <laughs> Turns out there's a company called The Poop Magician that picks up your dog poop for 30 bucks a month. That's, That's worth, worth it to me. It might yeah, not be that
0: is. <laughs> Yeah. It, it's, I mean, that I, I went to school, I went to college, graduated, but the, one of the only things that stands out or I remember really from, it was like an economics class, just about opportunity costs. And it's so obvious. This is like, not, this isn't like a a, a groundbreaking principle, but you know, there is like the example in the textbook was Tiger Woods doesn't mow his lawn, right? It's like exactly like you're saying. There's just, there are, you got to find out what your hourly is worth. You got to find out what your time is worth. And then there's probably things that, yeah, it's not a big deal to uh, clean the bathroom or take out the trash once in a while. But like, you don't want to be doing things that are going to take a lot of time away from you that you should, you know, that are just not not what you need to be doing. So that's, that's I, I feel like poker is such a great metaphor for life, right? You, you deal with, I say this all the time, winning, losing, how other people's win and lose, success, failure, bankroll management, game selection, reading, all these things. Like there's just so many, I think poker is like a, a life tool that you get to, and as a professional or someone that does it for a long time, you really get to kind of carve out and see a lot of parallels to, to real life on things on, on what you're doing and how how you go about your life so i think that's um you know i think that is uh that's that's something we're pretty lucky that we've gotten in and we've we've kind of seen the ups and downs of poker as well right like when you see economic cycles in the world and since not markets crashing and stuff it's like same thing in poker there's a boom right like you were black friday what 2011 did you did you move out of the country where you did you go somewhere
1: for that after it or um, I actually bought my first house 15 days before Black Friday hit, when I was committed to stay in Vegas, wow. far away from the Strip, because I was like, "Yeah, hey, I don't play live much, I just play online. Wow. So dumped almost all my money into buying a house, and then they're like, oh, you can't Black Friday. <laughs> hey, who's coming to Vancouver? Who's going to Mexico? I'm like, "Uh, I kind of got a house.
0: Yeah. Uh, did you did you bounce around then were you going to did you start did you go out of country visiting friends and go play for for periods of time then
1: i waited till i think 2013 and 2014 before i said wow it's really not coming back <laughs> and uh ended up getting two six-month uh furnished apartments in vancouver um and just left my house vacant which is i'm paying for that and then paying for 2500 a month to grind in vancouver and pay my taxes still to the US, it just felt dirty. And uh, yeah, luckily uh, we have other options now and I'm happy to be um, be comfortable in Las Vegas with my dogs, my friends, ACR, and uh, all the luxuries that I have grown accustomed to.
0: And if you were to live anywhere else, where, where, where's some place in the world that you just love, that you've traveled, been on tour, wherever, that you, or, or not just vacation wise?
1: Yeah, that's so, a good question. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about Thailand and um, Mexico, nice beaches, but somewhat, somewhat dangerous, uh, some bad internet problems. Vancouver is great, um, but expensive, once again. I, I'm, I'm pretty happy in Las Vegas for now. It's got pretty much everything I want. It's got the peace of the desert. It's got the chaos of the strip. Um, and when friends come into town to visit, they come to visit me. I don't have to go back to Michigan. I don't have to go anywhere else to, uh, to uh, you know, hang out with them. And there's plenty of stuff to do. So I think it's a great balance for me living in Las Vegas. So I'd, I'm pretty happy here for now, but who knows what the future will bring. I'd definitely like to explore more and we'll see what happens. And do you, do you believe, is this poker something you're gonna be playing for the next,
0: like, do you, what would you be doing if you weren't playing poker? And you said you sort of, maybe your desire passion, which is natural, after 20 years, there's times where you're more into it, more not, you say we get a little older, it's a little more tiring to maybe travel or play those long sessions online. Do you, what What else would you maybe think about doing? And do you see yourself playing 10 years from now?
1: That's a good question. I, I'd have to just find out what I have a, a real big passion for. I've thought about some things that are probably not very good monetarily. I thought about, this is gonna sound crazy, but being a motivational speaker to get people to stop smoking cigarettes. Okay. I think that'd be very rewarding. I don't know how much money I could make from that, but I think it'd make a big difference to the world and to help people, if I, if I could, you know, put, put together a, a plan or um, a step-by-step process in which people could actually successfully quit cigarettes. I think that, that'd be huge for so many people's lives. I, I was a smoker for about eight years and I know what it's like to be addicted to cigarettes. And it's, it's, it's a drug, man, it's, it's horrible, it's disgusting. And, um, yeah, I I think that's just something I thought about, but I'm pretty happy with poker. You know, it's ingrained in our lives. We, we still have that love for it, even though, you know, you can be on a month-long, couple-month-long downswing, and you just hate it, and you hate losing money. But at the end, it's a, it's a great game with infinite possibilities, and every day is different. So it, it really breaks the monotony of um, tournaments or cash games.
0: And and you gotta you gotta pick a day right now for for poker. What's your dream day? You've gotten some taste of let's let's say a weekend. You get to play a high stakes. Yeah, you know, go to the cage and and buy in for a, a, a play for a cash game format or a tournament of similar value, like a 10k good tournament, 10k great tournament, or 10k buying great cash game. What's your what's your poison life?
1: What do you what uh, tournament tournament for sure. I'd, my dream would be to win the uh, you know obviously the World Series of Poker main event, which I'm. Uh, oh. One for 17 in with a min cash, that kind of works. Wow, that's not, I,
0: my my you know, it's funny you said my WSOP record is not phenomenal either. That's hard to do, like, that's almost like at your level, your ability, even just like anyone, right? Like, if you threw it to like a guy who's like net, doesn't play poker once a year, they're gonna probably do better than that. So, that's kind of obviously running terrible, probably some crazy, you know, ace king suited to Jack set over sets bad you know but but you're also the guy that probably wins it right like you have that type of run and then you just come in and it just just works out that's how it goes and it's it is it is it is crazy like that but that's that is i feel i mean mine's not great but that is that's one of the worst i've heard in terms of uh cashing. that's pretty brutal so and 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 i'm saying that with as in i i feel good things coming for you because it is such a great tournament and i know i know you're a very good player so that'll be i'm sure you're looking forward to that do you do you look forward to each year like are you like this is my year you're like man i'm this has got to stop. And like, I don't even want to go play. How do you, how do you approach that side of it?
1: Well, I think the best advice I've ever given people is you want, when it comes to tournaments, especially live tournaments, you want to be optimistic going in, but you also have to be realistic. Yes. Odds are You're just going to lose a hundred percent of your money. You put in, you know, 10, 15% of the time you're going to get double your money. You know, 1% of the time you might 10 exit or more. That's, that's the reality, but you don't want to go into that attitude. Like, well, going to dust off another 1k buying uh, then i got to play again tomorrow there's a 2500 at binions or some shit. it's like uh you you got to be like almost uh naive i guess that's the best word for going into tournaments like yeah i'm a winner i, I you know the, the like the fake the universe i got to put it in the universe the positivity but it, it does work i mean you can't go in there miserable like i'd rather stake a guy that's less talented but has a better mindset and is excited about being in Vegas for the first time and playing their first tournament and just experiencing the rush compared to those a, a withered reg that's just grinding it out stuck 80k in makeup or some shit i don't stake people don't don't dm
0: <laughs> don't hit the dms up on that yeah yeah that's a it's fun but it's it's a lot of work in itself um to, yeah, so to account and do the uh the 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 have you what is your experience with um with selling action i know you've done that before people have a piece i think you've done on stake kings and other places do you enjoy when people have buy your action do you enjoy when others are involved or do you like to just kind of have your own action if you had to choose
1: yeah i mean i, I really haven't been staked since uh 2009 is any t- type of a backing deal but i have sold for a few higher buying events on Staking's kings in the past and i sell just um, now ACR has in the client where you can sell action just to anybody. Just put it right for the tournament, and it's all handled. There's no, there's no vig or anything. And uh, yeah, I just sell half of my Venom action just to give like the Twitch viewers a sweat and everything. Um, and that's actually Venom started yesterday, so it's going on for the next two weekends. Um, 2650 Venom PKO, get in there. I know, I know you played the Venom a few times. That's good. It's
0: fun. Good runs. Big, big money up top. What's a million plus to first and, and maybe even a couple spots get a million. So yeah, I hope to, I hope to get it. So, I know it's usually over two weekends for like four starting days. So I'll take a look at that. was well, just first one and now there's, there's Sunday and then maybe yeah. next Thursday, Sunday or some Friday, Sunday, Friday, so, Sunday. Yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. Now it's, it's fun. I Listen, there is, I, I streamed on Twitch for five years pretty, pretty religiously. It's there is nothing like a deep run in a big tournament. With chips, like it's it's just like it's so worth it. All those other times that you min cash or don't cash, and then just to have like you know one special special run, it is uh the variance in poker is crazy. Um, do you how do you approach luck? How do you approach sort of you know you, you mentioned your positive attitude. This type of thing is important. You'd rather have someone who's gung ho and feeling good, you know, than someone maybe even better and that has a, a negative attitude or isn't giving their best. Like how how do you sort of deal with? You know, there's there's big moments like that. You're playing for for six, seven hundred thousand first, right? You get seventh, you're excited, but you know, basically like you said we lose poker tournaments for a living if you play tournaments. Like it's very rare to actually win. Even on that, you're like, wow, like I'm so close, or one more flip, or how did you know that your bust out hand? Let's take that for example. How did you bust out?
1: Yeah, it's always bittersweet, you know final tabling a tournament and not winning it you know even if maybe if you get second or third you're a little more happy but you still were that much closer to winning it all and that fucking guy beat you he beat you you didn't win you lost even though you got second and i've, I've won live tournaments i've got second in live tournaments i've chopped them and it, it's weird to like a non-poker player to be disappointed you won 30 buy-ins or whatever you're like oh you won eighteen thousand dollars. it's like no i First was fifty thousand. I lost thirty-two thousand. Yeah, but you can't really think like that. Um, in terms of luck, you just gotta realize, you know, ace or pocket kings versus pocket deuces. That's an eighty-twenty. You're gonna lose twenty percent of the time. That's a lot percent of the time. Ace king to ace queen, you're gonna lose. You know, uh, you know, th- three out of four, or you know, one out of four, one out of three times, and that's just reality. And it hurts. It seems like ace king to ace queen should be like a 90-10. They're like, oh, you got three queens left. Oh no, oh, they'll get there other ways.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It it is. It is, and that's that's how you start realizing too. I think it took me a long time as well, just kind of you know going through the motions or under not understanding what that really means. Because like you see some of these guys that are like the top couple percent of poker players, right? That that they're like really like crushing and you know that you realize how much they're studying, how much they put into it, and realizing like they also deal with the same beats in the same hands but they're finding you know chips in other spots right they're blind on blind game they're stealing pots their bet sizing is different than when they're all in ace king ace queen they're covering a guy you know when they flip with tens to to ace queen they're, 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 they're four to one chip advantage by that point right so it's like you start realizing and understanding nuances to the game and you start i think there's so much ego in poker it's great to sort of look at what's working, what's not working and be realistic, right? And understand that people are doing things differently. There is a right way to do stuff. And I I just remember for so many years in my career, like same thing. I lose ace, queen, ace, jack. I'm so unlucky. But like I had eight big blinds, you know what I mean? Like it's like, all right, like what, you know, and that that I think is uh, important to be proactive on studying and working on a game. And sort of my next question, what do you personally do? Are you in the GTO world? Do you do solver stuff? Do you have study groups? Do you watch review final tables? or do you just play how do you how do you work on your game
1: yeah i mean i've been just immersed in training since back in the day reading harrington on hold'em super system all those books um card runners poker x factor every training site just trying to absorb as much as i can um bbz i've been an affiliate for Razor edge for many years i love their site big shout out to ben cb great guy and yeah just always staying um just staying immersed in the information and the content And just thinking about lines and sizings and uh, paying attention to tells, timing um, and sizing, timing and sizing two most important tells live or online and just uh, just trying to get better every day because there's always different ways to look at hands and ways to learn and just things to take away. And it's just so hard to implement them and always, you know, think about all the variables in a given hand and the history that's what makes it great. You know, it's, it's not a, it's not a simple game and your decisions are gambling and that's if everybody played perfect, no one would win. And that's why it's, it's poker. It's not chess, you know, gives people the hope, even if they're a less, uh, less talented player to win.
0: Yeah, no, it's well said. It is, it is, it is a beautiful game. And there is, I think part of it as well, you, you start as you are more into this, you deal more with real world, Uh, Variance, right? Like you get a fender bender or something happens that, you know, Black Friday happens, or, um, you know, there's a lot of examples, but I think that, you know, the markets drop or if you're in crypto at all, right? Like the swings are pretty crazy, but I feel like poker players are able to sort of withstand and understand, grasp variance and like things like you just kind of shrug it off, or I think it makes you stronger, right? People in the stock markets are crashing, they're losing their mind. Like it's like they don't even think like how, like they literally have nervous breakdowns where, Now, crypto, if you have some crypto holdings and it goes down 40% and you're just kind of like, all right, like, you know, like you just don't. Yeah, I think like we do better with understanding volatility and variance, if, if anything. I think that's a huge skill set in poker that you sort of deal with and learn pretty fast. You have any examples with that?
1: Yeah, I was actually going to mention that like five minutes ago when you brought something up, how poker players have thicker skin when it comes to financial devastation or just, you know, like, like the, you know, oh, I got screwed out of a $20 purchase. Oh, well, you know, you're not going to cry about it. It's over. You lost. Or, yeah. You know, um, even if you're not, not filthy rich, the paying, uh, you know, two bucks for three bananas compared to, oh, it's three. It's a dollar for three bananas at this other store. It's not a big deal. It's just not worth the sweat. And like you said, taking crypto losses or stock market losses, we're just more uh, used to loss and uh the emotions that come with it than the average person and we're looser with money in a lot of aspects compared to people with normal nine to fives. Like they're scared to loan a, a coworker a hundred bucks. Cause they're like, Oh, I might never get it back. Or they don't want to, they don't want to pay a um, hundred dollars for a nice steak dinner because it's just not worth it when they can just go to, you know, they can just make their own steak at home or they can go to, you know, Denny's or Applebee's. Yep. So, yeah we like to value money money. a bit for the pleasure or just not not having the stress of it
0: it's weird though because i i it's also it's hard to explain that like i feel the same it's like certain things you're just more splashy on but at the same time i think that you learn to respect money as well right but it's it's different stages different i remember being in college and winning a tournament for a couple grand and just like buying a plasma tv right at the time (laughs) like you had a 6k bankroll and 4k is going to the Forty-two inch for the the wall, but like so. But at the same time, too, it's certain things you're more you're more you've learned and you you respect money more. But you're also that's a good way to put it. decent yeah. You go to a dinner, you're not like checking the menu price, you're not checking the bill. You know, you tip a little more, or whatever, right? You're just a little like more cavalier with money. But um, you know, I, I do think the poker player mentality, gambler mentality, is it, it's hard. You know, like the credit card roulettes, right? I'm sure you've done a lot of those. They're fun, right? You go to a dinner, you got six guys someone just does the bill it's a it's a fun aspect the equity is the equity but if you do that with like a i don't want to say regular if you do that with like a group of in the bit like just you know you go out the couples that are not poke related and you were to do credit card roulette like they would freak out right like it's just like it's like not really something that is a it's hard to like comprehend how that is even you know assuming you're going to go over numerous times like it'll kind of work out or it is what it is but you know like it's it's just funny to see these social situations that like you, you got to be careful because it is definitely a different type of um, you know it's completely separate worlds really what, what poker gambling is from from just everyday normal you know, jobs and people that do things. I think, I think we're almost like, it. also becomes your, people judge poker players a little bit, I feel, but then you also are like the most interesting person at the table. You'll be at a dinner somewhere and like, you're like oh, what do you do this and that? And it goes from like, wow, that's kind of like shady or weird, but like, they just like fascinated, you know, like if you say I'm a professional poker player, I think the negative connotations have sort of started to drop a bit. And now there's like this chess, you know, Miss Botez and these influencers, it's becoming a little more mainstream and less taboo, I feel like, but still, you I do feel a bit like poker gets judged a bit. Do you feel that way? How do you feel people perceive you as a professional gambler?
1: Yeah, a common, from from a non-poker player's perspective, the most common thing people say are, oh, are you good? And yeah. it's like, oh, I, I kind of have to be or else I'd be out of money, or, you know, not to brag or whatever, but I have to be better than the average. Plus, I have to be able to beat the rake and the travel and the expenses and taxes so yeah i have to be very good to sustain uh, actually a good conversation came up i was playing a, a win 400 and they were trying to do dis- like some recreationals were talking about oh look at all these uh, professionals around us and they're like what does it mean to be a professional poker player how how does one justify that can anybody just say i'm a professional and they'd, they'd ask the other pros of the table what does it mean and then they asked me and i said it's just if your sole income is poker and you sustain a living from poker, then you're a professional poker player, um, you might have losing years, you might have winning years, but if that's your only job and you're making you're paying taxes on it, you're making enough money to live your life, then you are a professional. And at least for at least for a year, I mean, I guess minimum one year time frame.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, that's a that's a good way to explain. I want to ask about live poker and this is I, I, I'm going to actually get Gotta ask the team, we gotta make something up here on the, the graph on guests that play poker because it's not not a only poker podcast, but for poker players, I think it's in the ninety-four or five percent of the first ever Hendon Mob score is a final table, which maybe <laughs> has something to do with that. It's just bizarre. Like honestly, if you go look at it, it's like wow. every time. Now, of course, that could you could have played before, right? Not cash, because it won't show you didn't cash, but the actual yeah. cast, not 13th, not 51st, the first cash is a final table. Do you remember this? This tournament was this. Yeah. Uh, tell me about this. Your first ever live tournament in Indiana, of all places. What was what the connection there?
1: Yeah, I just uh, did a road trip with my friend Bates um, from Ohio <laughs> to Indiana for this circuit event and a couple other events. Stayed together uh, in second place in that. That's Sandler, nineteen eighty, back on stars back in the day, and uh, Mark Smith. That's Mark Pegasus Smith. He's a uh, circuit legend, uh, uh, Nick, Nick G- Gugiagi or Nick G, you might know him. He was he was there, oh, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, 15 years ago, but I can still remember it like it was yesterday. Um, yeah, Just, I think there is some correlation with running hot in the beginning and going for it, but that can also be, uh, it can go both ways. If you run real bad and you're real talented, you could just never play poker again. But if you run good in the beginning, it could be your downfall. Where you get a false sense of confidence, where you're like, "Oh, this is, this shit's easy." Yeah, like I told this to, didn't really wasn't really accurate, but I told this to Rampage Poker right after he got his first like six figure score. I said, "Hey man, don't chase the dragon. Don't don't keep playing higher. You know this is gonna end poorly. Just take the profits. Quit while you're ahead." <laughs> and He's like, oh, yeah, I get what you're saying, but no, I'm going to keep going. I was like, all right, you know, you know, good luck. <laughs> and he's done He's done great. I'm happy for him. I like Rampage a lot. But I think there's something to be said of just the amount of pain compared to the pleasure on the tournament, live tournament grind, especially the circuit grind, the traveling, man, I, I couldn't do that. That's just grueling, and that's why they call it a grind. But if you truly love it, I guess, like they say, if you love your job, you don't work a day in a life. But... Bubbling live tournaments left and right, and just traveling for days to go to Indiana or you know North Carolina or Florida, and just it's. I, I my mean, hats off to those guys. They chase those circuit rings and.
0: Yeah, I I think I agree. I think it's also it really is about different stages or, or, or times in your life too, right? Like it's like we're how old are you thirty five, thirty four years, uh, thirty Okay, so I'm thirty six. Like. Yeah, I have two kids now you know you've said so you got a house you settled down some you've done it like you've traveled I remember that was some of the most fun times though you know you're 20 21 22 25 even 28 30 you know it's like and you maybe have less responsibilities you might not be in a relationship not married no kids or whatever it may be like it just it's a little easier and it's kind of fun right it's just like a stage of like not a responsibility no you know run around but then once you buy a house like all right I'm paying this a month I'm doing this I got this responsibility. I got all these things and then to just like go on the road which you know you're out of your routine you care maybe more about your diet fitness all these things right whereas like when you're 23 24 25 you're just kind of like hey i'm gonna wing it i'm gonna explore the world it's sort of like backpacking in a way right you go to new cities you're with buddies you're partying some it's uh, i think it's part of the experience and i think it's all situational. you do see a lot of poker players sort of around i'd say mid-30s sort of tear t- up uh, stop right like you either have kids or they do something else so i i mean how many, like, there are people, though, from, are you still close with people that you've been with poker for 20 years ago? Like Would you say there's people you've, they started the the, the game with, or, or is it sort of teetering off?
1: Yeah, you, you lose a lot of friendships over the years. Black Friday definitely ruined a lot of friendships, Um and it's nice to see all the old school legends like during the World Series, but other than that, you don't really talk to them. You know, you, you might see a happy birthday on your Facebook, but it's kind of sad that, we don't maintain these friendships more as you get older. You just don't have enough time. Like you said, you know, you got a wife and kids. How much time do you have to call, you know, Joe from the pool hall and see how he's doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, it's a good point. It's really is true. Yeah. And then you have friends that have in two, three, four kids. And then you start wondering like, wow, it's like it's just yeah, it's, it's it is it is it is hard. Do you have a hard time saying no? Like, do you have a hard time with with responsibilities and with with uh, so many social events, so little time, you know, the guys want to go do this, but you want to go play a tournament the next day or be rested. Do you find a hard time to, to say no? Or do you feel like you have a pretty, pretty good control of your schedule and, and do what you want?
1: That's a good question. I don't know if you meant it this way, but I would say that in general, if someone invites you to a party or says, Hey, come to this tournament, go travel the circuit with us. It's, it's always easier for me to say no. Cause it just takes so much effort and time and packing and flights and shit. Yeah, or just going to the strip where I'm just feeling lazy. But I found it's better just to do it, even if you think it's not going to be that much fun, or you don't really want to go to this restaurant, or you don't know the the group of people. It's always better to get that experience and find out than regret not finding out. So I go for it.
0: You know? I I do I do I'm a big believer in that too. It's just it is it is one of those things, you know. And I like to reference Bill Perkins' Die With Zero book, right? It's about different like different. Parts of your life and pockets because, yeah, you can't go hell skiing when you're 80. You know, you can't do certain things that's like, oh, like a buddy's like, oh, let's go on a cruise or let's go do this. And then it's like, OK, but no. And then all of a sudden, yeah, your buddy's got wife's pre- pregnant or they're getting married or this is happening. Or this is job. He can't leave at this time. So I do believe I think that's a good way of saying that too. a lot of time, the the power now, right? Just if you're, if you're close or you think it could be maybe just go do it. You don't know what's going to be ahead or what you'll be able to what, what's going to be on your plate moving in the in the future. So, um, yeah, that's that's, uh, that's that's good advice. And what would be someone starts today? They're watching like wow, they look at your YouTube Twitch, they see you've done it. You've made a living for 20 years you know, because the poker landscape today is much different. Obviously, just like anything, you know, if you're trading bonds, stocks, real estate, things change what you were where yourself 20 years ago in a poker and what you understand now, what would be your advice to someone today? looking to maybe dive in to make poker either full-time or part-time uh, for a professional or the income to, to make a living advice. I
1: always say that you have to have just extreme passion and an, a very thick skin, a, 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 a strong will and stomach to handle the swings. And odds are you're going to fail because you're just not going to have what it takes to be uh, you know, sustainable, professional, whatever income level that might be safe. As a baseline, 50000 a year to survive after taxes it's going to be pretty pretty tough. It depends if you're playing online cash, online tournaments, live tournaments. I, In general, I wouldn't recommend it. I, I would recommend that you play for fun with your friends or go to the occasional tournament. Like I said, it's all about the balance. I would recommend you strive to be the best at your actual occupation, whether it's an accountant, a lawyer, a doctor, a fireman. Just try to climb the ladder and do whatever you can to become the best at that as long as you still love that and just sprinkle in poker on the side Um, if you win a little you lose a little that's fine it's a it's a good uh um it's a good thing to have in addition to your normal career but i wouldn't recommend it as a main source of income because most people just can't handle the swings
0: yeah that's 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 well said it would be interesting to know i one thing as technology gets crazier with tracking and statistics and all that it'd be interesting to know like um if there was a way to like know your real time your life ev and maybe you wouldn't want to know right because it would just be like but isn't it kind of you ever think about that like man like i've played so much poker i wonder what my actual ev is like across the board live online with tournaments and stuff and it's just uh it's one of those things i think about a lot where it's just so it's so interesting because it's such a results oriented game you know my wife doesn't care if i lose kings to ace deuce off blind on blind for for whatever right it's like did you win what happened this type of thing like it just the results are so paramount right that's what matters um and and how do you think about this ever do you think about the evs and and all that or you just kind of know it balances out
1: do you mean if there was some sort of tracker on every hour you've ever played? Yeah, like you could
0: just know like your lifetime like plus or minus. Like it was like a yeah, like that'd be kind of cool. But like maybe you wouldn't want to know. You know, it might like, the funny part is I would say like the players, the the people every I would say ninety seven percent of the poker players think they're running below E V, right? Which oh, of is course. I which run is hilarious. Public. yeah yeah
1: Yeah. all these guys run better than me it's it's been crazy Mm -hmm. i thought i thought you were going a different direction with that like your life ev if you wouldn't have gone towards poker maybe Jeff would have been working at tesla right hand man at spacex or you know you you cured some disease and you're one of the greatest doctors in the world maybe you had the potential to do that and maybe you will in a different simulation a different lifetime but we're young time.
0: brother we're young it could all that all those and more at 36 we got we got some more meat on the bone but i agree with that i do think about that too because you know that is the thing about zero sum game poker it's like oh like someone wins someone loses what are you giving back there's all this talk you know that, but but i also like see a completely different on that right like even yourself and, and and me in the sense of it's it's we're more like content creators as well right we've done a lot of time in youtube I and mean, look how many people have seen that Maybe you've inspired people through Twitch or YouTube or otherwise, right? So it's like, I think you actually are providing a lot of value to people that maybe aspirationally or just entertainment wise, you know, and again, you could say, well, what if you're a poker player and you don't do any content? Yeah. I mean, still like you're learning stuff, you're, you're contributing things. Maybe, you know, there's a lot of different things, but I think that's one thing that is not correct in poker where people are always like, oh, like you're not giving anything back or you're not contributing anything to society. So I disagree at least personally. And I would say I think like, I would say that for you as well if, if you feel that way at all because like I think you do give a lot. You're giving a lot of uh, time, effort, and and entertainment.
1: Yeah, I used to always think about that um, when I was, was pumping out a few vlogs every week. I was like, man, this is so much work and effort. I really don't want to do this. What's the point? I'm just losing another tournament. I'm just losing another four hundred dollars. But then you see the comments, you see the views, and you think sure, it took me 10 hours to edit this, but look at how many hours of enjoyment people got, because people chose to watch this, because they want to see what happens. They like the journey. And so you are making a difference in the world. And on like a more philosophical scale, I've been thinking about interactions with people. And like, when I went to Vietnam, or just dealing with just people I don't know, um, just the, it's pretty simple, like, you, you'd be nice to people, they're probably gonna be nice to you, you'd be you'd be shitty to people, you give off bad energy they're going to feel that too. And I wonder like in the afterlife or whatever, if you get to meet all these people and, or they give you their, how they viewed you. Like, have you ever seen, you watch Seinfeld, see the last episode of Seinfeld? Yeah. They're on a stand and it's like everybody that interacted with, they're like sharing their crazy experience, like awkward interaction with Jerry or George. I wonder if it's like that where you just get to see their emotions of how they viewed you and it's like yeah i ran into jeff um i was about to cross the street and he gunned it and almost hit me with his car like what an asshole yeah. or yeah i was crossing the street and uh i almost fell in a puddle but he caught me what a great guy and he never never said anything said have a great day and i think just you know doing that it feels good in the moment and it's got to be worth some extra points in the future if there is such a thing
0: for sure yeah no i mean i start thinking more about those things too as you get a little older you know, it's, it is interesting. It's interesting to, to start thinking about the future. But um, what what about you? What is your dream, your dream future coming up here? Do you want do you want to have kids? You know, are you look, do you do you want to do you have any sort of overall views on what life what is what is to you the ideal situation? Like do you, do you are you looking to start a family? Do you enjoy just having your freedom?
1: Yeah, no, I've never been a big fan of marriage or kids. I know it's a great thing for some people. I know it's, you know, absolute hell for other people. I've seen so many friends go through divorces. I Actually, yeah. um, Andy Stacks just made a, a tweet about this yesterday. I responded to where he talked about all the marriage rates and all the uh, the population decrease. Elon was talking about how it's a big problem, especially in Asia. Yeah. Uh, like, we're going to run out of people at the at the rate we're going. Where There's just not enough dating. There's not enough people procreating where we're, we're de- declining as a civilization. And it could be a huge problem. But personally, for me, um, I'd rather have dogs than kids. Uh, uh, there's a lot of dogs that need to be rescued. That is one of my biggest passions. I didn't mention was I've been working with Adopt a Boxer Rescue for many years, and now I work with Henderson Animal Shelter here in Las Vegas, um, just to raise awareness to adopt, don't shop, because for every dog you buy from a puppy mill, that's a dog at a shelter that they're going to kill because there's no one to uh, no one to rescue them. So just Keep that in mind before you buy any animals. Go to the shelter. You know, it's hundred bucks. They're great, great animals. And you can save a life instead of getting little Timmy, that golden retriever puppy. Little Timmy's going to like the mutt. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's not interesting. And it's interesting that that's, I, I agree with that as well as the population thing though is fascinating to me. I just don't understand how, you know what, we're up to like 8 billion people. I don't understand how they, I guess the math, right? These guys are smart. They've ran the models, but it does seem kind of like, seems it seems bizarre to think that how it could ever like actually run out of people. You know, what I mean, like, why would we there's still people being born all the time? And I, I don't know I mean, how far ahead are we talking like that doesn't seem like doesn't seem like it's something in the next thousand years even. But I guess there's they're saying, no, it's more of a problem, like in the next yeah,
1: like immediately, like the numbers where one person does not create one person. Therefore, when when they die, there's going to be point eight people on average. From that person to uh, reproduce or whatever, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not an expert on it, but I know Elon Musk is very, very adamant about it and how it's a huge problem and we have to do something, especially with all you know the the addiction to social media and the lack, uh, the social distancing we went through, um, and all that. It's just decline in population where people can get their release to other ways where they don't want to have to deal with relationships and dating and all that hassle and marriage.
0: I, I would think there'd be more, I would think that during, during COVID there'd be more babies made That's what people would be doing. But I guess at the same time, you also, a lot of people learn, you know, when you're cooped up with someone, anyone, your best friend or your, you know, and, and I, you know, I live in in South Florida, but living in like a New York city or anywhere, right a city apartment. If you got like two kids, one kid, you can't leave the place. Like that seems like that is like a, you should, be, you should be getting awards if if you're if you're able to make it through that, right? Like that's like uh, I don't care who you are, how happy you are. That is intense, right? You got Zoom calls, you got you get working from home, your kids there, the crying two year olds, babies. Like yeah, that is uh, I don't know. That to me seems like that that seems like uh, that I guess that makes sense too, right? It's it's a bit of trials and tribulations on that. And I guess if, if from the population standpoint, so if if a couple has one child. Right. That's one child, not two, because there's two people. But also, but also there's a lot of people just dead, don't have children or aren't married in themselves. So I guess, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Why? And it does seem a lot more common. One, like I'm an only child, but like I felt like that was bizarre. Like literally all my closest friends, I was the only one. I think literally maybe out of 50 people I knew, I didn't know one other. Maybe one other person was an only child. I never thought about it ever until like later someone said, hey, you turned out all right for an only child. Like kind of joking, but I'd never heard that. I was like, what does that even mean? Or I was like, what is that? I was like, I was like, oh, and then I made sense. But uh, what about you, brothers, sisters?
1: Yeah, I just have one sister. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah but Adam Carolla <laughs> said uh, something very similar to that. The best thing you can do to maintain and have a happier marriage or is space. Uh, the bigger the home, the happier the marriage, just because you're just not all up on each other the whole time. You can go in that room. You can go in that room. You go to work, you do this. But if you're all together all the time too much, it's just going to destroy the relationship. And I felt that way when I had uh, like roommates in the past. I'm just not a guy. I've tried it. I just can't have roommates as as good as friends. They are. I just I just don't like it. And just the proximity. I just like to have my my freedom, my space, be responsible yeah. for myself.
0: Yeah, It's it's true. I yeah. It's another. That's what I'm saying. Even like best friends or people who live together. Like you're going to be at each other's throats. You're in the not your personal space. And it, it's if if. But that's also why, like, I think it's tr- this is a good point about, like, couples. I mean, not only just in the house, it's good to take a guy's trip, take a golf trip, have your you know, a, a ladies uh, weekend or something. Like, yeah, it, you, and then you miss them more, too, right? If you're with someone. And, I, and, of course, they're the couples that they just hold hands 24-7 and they're always with each other and it can work. But, yes, I think if you took a, like, if you took a, if you took a, a modeling of it all and you looked at it and, and did some reports, I think people that are away and apart some – are gonna do do better off to uh, to stay together and be be feeling that sort of passion and desire um, for sure. That's a good that's yeah. a good point. Interesting. I'll have to look into that. Um, check that out more. Well, who are you, you said Adam Carolla?
1: Yeah, Adam Carolla. He, he's had a lot of good books. Um, not Taco Bell material. And in 50 years, we'll all be chicks. Sorry. Are some of the few books I've ever read in my life. And I just 50 really, years
0: will all be chicks. What's that reference to
1: uh, that came out probably like 15 years ago? Uh, it's probably not PC, but it's about the uh, feminine feminization of all men in 50 years will all be chicks. How um, we're, we're just getting weak as a as a species like peanut allergies and all these things that are just like r- ridiculous, but, but they're real, too, but yeah just making us more feminine and less masculine right saying
0: he needs he wants more mma more of the slap slap competitions we need more more action is what he's saying
1: maybe not violence to that degree but just more manly you know more more
0: wilderness less a thousand egyptian thread counts more burning man more get out there get after it survival yeah okay let's cook
1: some meat over a fire yeah yeah yeah. That, that's uh, a,
0: you know. <laughs> it's a very interesting. I, 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 very, very interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of, I, I'd say it's an interesting time in the world, right? The COVID um, the, there's just like, it, it's been a very bizarre few years. Um, some other major stuff. I mean, obviously the war, like it's a real war talk of nuclear stuff, right? This is also not something we've really heard or, or felt the, 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 that it was like immediately around, right? We weren't a, a, around in the cold war, um, but yeah, it's it's been a, it's been an interesting few years. What is your what are your plans in the next? As I know, you got to get running here as well. So I want to ask you where can people follow along with you and what are your upcoming plans mostly for the next say twenty twenty uh, three? What what is on your schedule of things you're definitely doing?
1: Okay, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at i c u r a rook. That's my old poker star's name, or just type in Jeff Bosky and it will come up, and you can find me on Jeff Bosky Poker. On Instagram, uh, Jeff Boski on Twitch and Jeff Boski on YouTube. Those are my four major platforms. Uh, no TikTok or anything like that. I have been doing this ACR $100,000 competition uh, for Triton Cyprus, which is coming up next month. Um, the competition ends at the end of this month and it's just social media content growth and heads up competition and MTT scores, top 10 scores. I've been uh, grinding hard all month. I hope to win. Only two pros are going. Hopefully I'm one of them, and you can uh, find me on Twitch almost every night uh, grinding these tournaments, and uh, follow follow along on Twitter and Instagram. I post content there daily on Instagram stories, put a post, you know, picture or something on there, and try to interact with as many people on Twitter. I think it's a great platform. Uh, probably spend too much time on it. It can be kind of addictive and a waste of time, but... If you're efficient and you're not just scrolling through mindless shit and you're actually interacting with people, I think it can be a net positive.
0: Very cool. And I gotta ask you the the airball and uh Berkey situation, do you have any thought, take on it? Do you think it's good these type of heads up battles and think it's good for poker? Is it exciting? Are they silly? Do you care? Do you follow it? And do you have any opinion on who's what's gonna happen there? I think I saw Berkey was down a decent amount like yesterday or two days ago, some big big thing. But do you follow along with that stuff?
1: Yeah, a little bit. But I think it's just overblown drama. And I, I, I think since it isn't even live streamed, I think it takes a lot away from it. Like if you can't even watch it and you're just recreating hands like on Doug Polk's podcast, I'm not really that interested. Uh, I believe it's a real beef or whatever, but you can just create these fake beefs to get clout and publicity and followers and social media. So you just got to be careful who's genuine and who's just doing it for the clicks.
0: Yeah, I would say, you know, I actually wonder that too. Just like they, you know, the WWE, you know, there's I, I, like Doug, uh, you know, he's polarizing with content stuff, right? But he does like him and a gran, you, these feuds and be, it's almost like in a way you see them like, it's like, you wonder if on the side, is it like, are these guys even just like boys? Is it real? Like, I, I, mean, I know it, I'm sure it is. Just saying, you start thinking about it. And you're like, what is really going on here? in these heads up wars or, or battles. And like, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of attention. Like again, they say no press is bad press. Like it's a lot of story, a lot of coverage poker news everyone's talking about it people like airball you you know this guy now like he's a poker he's in the poker poker star like Robbie as well that whole scandal right like she's front and center winning awards and like you know like it's just like it's it's crazy it's just crazy how the you know this this these things can uh can snowball and spiral and poker loves drama right they do they love a good story a good scandal a good Good, uh, good, good thing. So I, I always wonder about these things, but um, I haven't followed it too closely. I do see that they, they were battling. I think Airball one had a big day at least. So I don't know how long they're playing or what the, the deal is. But um,
1: but yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a formula that works uh, across all industries. You know, to stay relevant, you got to do something to get people talking about you, good or bad, like you said, like, look at uh, like rappers and hip hop. I mean, they're. Yeah. doing. They're always wearing outrageous clothes or have crazy jewelry. You think that's just by chance. They want to be as flashy as possible or create viral videos. Same thing with YouTube. You know, if you just have boring videos, they're boring videos. You got to do something. But I think it's important to be genuine and never lie to your audience or be fake. And I think they'll really appreciate that deep down. So you don't, you know, you don't come off as a fraud or anything. And I think it will work out as long as you just be yourself. If it was meant to be, it's meant to be. But try not to push the envelope too far, or just try to game the system to get the clicks. Because people should see should see through that.
0: Absolutely. Well, listen, Jeff Boski in the house. That is what he goes by. What is the name again? Tell us just as we close here. What is that? What did where did you come up with that username? Because I always think that's your name, and then I do re- <laughs> and we realize it's not. But what what is that
1: from? Uh, yeah, Boski. I just got it in high school through uh, friends, just kind of shortening my last name. Um, wait, can you go back to that page? Which the, the... Uh, last page was Twitter? 24,000 followers. Oh, All right, what was that other one? Uh, Twitch. Follow us, Twitch. Okay, I thought it had like the wrong followers. Okay, that makes sense. Now, dark mode on Twitch. You got dark mode Twitch. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we got, yes, it's been a while. (laughs) I
0: I haven't streamed in a year, man. I'm it's crazy. It's like, uh, you know, living in the US and with GG, I just uh, I haven't been on for so long, but I actually, I'm curious. I'm so out of Twitch at the moment that like I don't know all the you know, there's raids and different things, I'm sure there's new features and cool. Cool, different stuff going on, or a little bit of you know, it looks different, or some some new things on there. So it's been, you know, I don't know how much it really changes, but when you're when you're in it every day, probably doesn't feel like much. But it's been literally a year, I think, since I've streamed. So um,
1: yeah, pretty normal stuff on Twitch. But uh, just going back to the nickname, I just got it in high school from friends. Uh, I think it was a conglomeration of a lot of things, just like shortening my long Polish last name to something like easier to say, I guess. And at the same time, I think the Big Lebowski came out his name was jeffrey lebowski the dude okay. uh, so that was a popular movie and Val i think the biggest influence was val venus he was a wwf wrestler who whose character was a porn star and he called himself the big Valboski. okay like a towel and somehow i don't know maybe i referenced him a lot or people thought he i thought he was hilarious just like his premise of being a foreign star wrestler <laughs> okay. uh, I mean it just kind of rubbed off i mean number one rule about nicknames is you cannot give yourself a nickname that's
0: okay. that's, that's a good that's a that is true that's a that's actually a, that's definitely true that is uh that's i think that it never works right yeah you, it just doesn't make sense you can't do it It doesn't know even if even if it's the right one it won't it won't stick it just doesn't people, people don't respect it you, you can't, gotta earn it you got to uh, earn
1: it. It's got to be organic. If you don't ever get it, so be it. It could be bad. It could be like, uh, you know, humiliating.
0: <laughs> uh, that's true. It's not. No, no, it's it's a good point, too. No nicknames, not necessarily. That's just that's might be just how it should be. You know, that's that's not that's not bad either. But listen, Jeff, appreciate the time. Good luck on your upcoming challenge. I hope you make it to to uh, Cyprus and I will be seeing you very soon. I'm sure we'll battle at the cage or somewhere in the future of. Of course, all the best to you, man, and, and always fun to watch your content. So you stick into the game and give it your best and keep going, man. I love that you're in 20 years strong doing content across the board and providing a lot of value for for those that are in the poker world and more. So I hope uh, hope everyone gives them a follow across the, the socials. And, yeah, like I said, good luck. Hope you're in Cyprus either way, and we'll, we'll chat soon. Appreciate the time.
1: Thank you, Jeff. Pleasure to have you on. a Pleasure to have me on, and uh, it was fun battling you in the cage, um, and all the all the stuff we've been through. A lot of similar circles with the uh, social media, Twitch, YouTube. So we're uh, kind of on the same path, and it's uh it's good for it to see that we're still making it. You know, almost twenty years later in this uh, great game of no limit Texas Hold'em. It is a
0: beautiful game. PLO four and five card. Don't forget as well. We'll all see you cool. guys soon. Thank you thank you so much. We'll see you next week and uh, another podcast in the books. I hope you guys enjoy it, and of course, please again hit the like check this man out as well give him a give him a follow across the board and you will enjoy he is uh he is really the epitome of a, a grinder a poker player he puts in the time effort and gets results so give him a give him a give him a follow and we'll we'll uh we'll
1: see you soon man. appreciate it thank you jeff appreciate you